You're listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast that helps you plan your day your way by helping you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Welcome back to The Bouquet Toss. This season, we are both posing and attempting to answer the question, why weddings? For many couples today, it's kind of the question of marriage or mortgage, unfortunately. Great TV show, though. But, you know, the prospect of having a wedding is heavily weighed against the prospect of homeownership. So we want to take kind of a little bit of a deeper look into this because you can't really plan your wedding without thinking about where you'll live and where you'll live in the future. You know, we don't want to look at this as an either-or situation. I think we love the idea that you make savvy choices so that you can do both if that's what you want to do. And one of those really savvy things that you can do, I know I'm going to be doing this, is having a home fund as part of your registry. And people might have feelings about that, so we're trying to get a little bit deeper into that, and we have some stats and some other things to share. Yeah, so The Knot actually teamed up with Zillow to release a study on how more couples than ever are asking for a cash down payment on a home instead of more traditional gifts. And we think this is a very savvy choice, and we're excited to talk more about this. So with us today to chat is Amanda Pendleton from Zillow. Amanda is Zillow's home trends expert. Her practical, data-driven advice on real estate and design has been featured on Today, Real Simple, Glamour, Forbes, and NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox affiliates around the country. She is an Emmy Award-winning storyteller and television personality who spent 15 years as a major market news anchor. We're so lucky to have her here with us today. Hi, Amanda. Welcome. Hi. It's so great to be here. We are so excited, um, you know, hearing about this study that Zillow teamed up with The Knot to do, we love because I think every couple, we always say this, is always looking for permission to do these things for their wedding, you know, whether that's not having a bridal party or not having a cake or what you put on your registry. People like, I think, just want to know what other people are doing. And so we want to know from you. What do you think about this idea of a cash fund for a down payment for your house trend? Yeah, you're definitely not alone putting a home (laughs) fund on your wedding registry, and you should feel okay about that. Uh, Zillow Home Loans, latest research with The Knot, did find that the share of couples who are now including home funds as part of their wedding registry has increased 55% since 2018. So now... 20% of all couples are doing this. One in every five couples getting married have a home fund on their wedding registry. That's a lot of people. And I I know this trend is eye-catching, but probably Mm -hmm. not entirely surprising, right? And and there's two reasons why we think this trend has, has sort of really picked up steam. The first is obviously the affordability crisis that's happening in the housing market, And the second is really the drive and the creativity and the resilience of younger Americans who are coming up with new ways to get their foot in the door of home ownership uh, when all these factors seem to be piling up against them. And and I can dive a little bit deeper into those two reasons. Yeah, please do. I mean, I think let's start with the factors. We all probably know like on the surface what these are, but let's like name it. What are these factors that are hitting millennials and making it really hard for them to buy a home? 
Yeah. So let's just acknowledge that when you're in your 30s, there are a lot of milestone events happening in your life all at one time that are really expensive, right? Chances are, you know, maybe you're getting married, maybe you're having a baby, maybe you want to buy a home. All these things typically happen for people in their 30s. And to be honest, incomes just haven't kept up with the cost of living. So yeah, there's a lot of financial decisions that you have to make at that time in your life. And when we're thinking about, you know, what's happening in the housing market, it now takes nearly 12 years for a typical first time home buyer to save up for that down payment. Now compare that to nine years prior to the pandemic. So that's really increased in just the past few years. And that's a really long time to save your pennies, right? To scrimp and save, especially when you've got all these other costs to cover, right? Like your student loan payments, inflation, everything's more expensive now, right? And if you have to pay for a wedding too. Meanwhile, the typical monthly mortgage payment has more than doubled since prior to the pandemic as mortgage rates have increased. So even if you do scrape together enough money to put down that down payment, uh, you're still you know, paying about 39% of your gross income on a typical monthly mortgage payment, okay? That's nearly 40% of everything you're bringing in is going to housing. There's very little cash left behind for the other essentials of life. On the flip side, we are seeing home buyers making it work. The reality is that the share of first-time home buyers has never been higher. They make up 50% of all home buyers today, despite all these affordability challenges. And so I think the trend of turning to wedding registries to help cover some of the high costs of home ownership kind of reflects just how resilient, how creative younger Americans are right now, but also, you know, the fact that they're just better informed, they're better educated, they have access to financial education resources that previous generations just didn't. That is so true. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I just want to like snaps over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so good to think about. I think we can't obviously discount the pandemic. That was a huge factor, which I mean, obviously it affects all generations, all people, everyone everywhere. And I also think like it's almost ironic that this like people who are in their 30s right now, we like kind of grew up as young adults or teenagers with the like YOLO idea. Like I feel like we maybe even coined it. And now with everything against us, we're like probably the, the generation with the biggest amount of student debt. And you know, turned 30 during the pandemic. And here we are wanting to YOLO and like have experiences and do all these things, but also have all the things that the people before us had in terms of the stability in having a home or a car or owning anything. You can count 800 other things that this money could go towards. And yes, that was always true. But especially right now, it just feels like it weighs on you to make the decision to put this money towards something. And that's why, you know, I, I remember my sister said to me, and she got married eight years ago, but I remember she said to me, and it was the first time I had this realization, because we were saying like, I don't know, maybe we'll buy something before we have our wedding. Like we, I don't know, we don't have to be traditional in the sense of, you know, what people do first. And she was like, that's so dumb because when you have your wedding, you get gifts and then you can make some of the money back that you spent. And then you have more of a buildup for a down payment on a home. Whereas if you do it the other way, 
you spend all of the savings that you had done and then when are you going to get married? Like when are you going to have the wedding? And so I really think it's silly to not include a down payment cash fund on your registry. Like people want to give you gifts. They want to celebrate you. And often, you know, we're, we're talking about all these things, they, they happen in your 30s, but like that's also a number that has changed and it's gotten higher. And a lot of, in the past, a lot of people got married younger in their 20s and maybe didn't have more of these established homes with their partners and, you know, all the things that they need. And especially, I think, coming out of the pandemic, we kind of all were forced to invest in where we live because we spent so much time there. And so many couples who aren't married yet and maybe they were living with their partner during the pandemic like they did invest in their space and maybe made choices even if they're renting to live somewhere that allowed them more space and maybe they have more of these things that would be on a traditional registry so this is such a good option yeah, I think also when you consider, you know, according to the Knott's latest survey or like wedding report, the average wedding budget is $30,000, whereas what is the average down payment on a home? Yeah, 20% down payment on a typical home is $70,000, but so many people are putting down much less. So a 10% down payment on that same home is $35,000. It's really comparable to the cost of a wedding today. I mean, that's quite a stat and quite yeah. a comparison to make, right? This really does bring into the question like marriage or mortgage. That's like the concept behind the whole show, right? Did you watch that, Amanda? <laughs> I think I watched one episode, <laughs> but yeah, no, caught my eye too on Netflix. Yeah, I th- feel like so silly about it because I watched it way before I was engaged. And my partner and I were together, but we were like, oh my God, they should all be picking the mortgage, like every single one of them. <laughs> But like, yeah, we are having here a wedding. you are planning a <laughs> wedding. <laughs> I feel like once you're actually in that place to choose, it's hard, you know, it's hard to know. And yes, they are expensive. But yes, we are still choosing to have them and finding ways to make them work and make our dream of owning a home work. So there's got to be a reason, right? There's got to be a reason that we want to do both. And also there's got to be a way that people are pulling it off. And so I want to talk about like my experience with the home down payment cash fund on my registry. So I'm using Joy as my registry. It's maybe even like the first suggestion that comes up on the registry. It's like that and your honeymoon fund. And then it's like, you know, connect other registries or look for gifts or like for the physical things. But they're like putting that front and center too, which I love because, I mean, that's I think what we're mostly hoping to get from our guests. And I think people maybe get worried that like, the only hesitation is like, well, what will my guests think? How does it look to somebody else for me to be asking for money for this? And, you know, first of all, you don't have to put a number. You don't have to be like, we're asking for this amount of money, please help. It's not like a GoFundMe. It's not like raising a, <laughs> you know, you you're don't not have to like, set your goal that everyone yeah, has to chip you, in to me. <laughs> you don't have to be like, we're $5,000 from our goal. Aunt Susan, can you make that work? Pony like, up. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not at all like that. It's com- like completely can be anonymous. So like the only public facing thing is it's like a picture of a house. You know, we wrote something about, you know, it's our next goal after our wedding. And so we would love the support from our community to make steps towards reaching it. Someone wrote like a poem 
as like a stock thing that you can use. You can Google that. Like there's there's so many people doing it that people are asking, what should I say and what's acceptable? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think it's, it's a really good thing that young couples are, are finding new ways to get their foot in the door of home ownership, especially at a time when that goal does feel increasingly out of reach. And I think that a lot of family members will want to support that goal, right? They want to help you as you step into your future together as a couple. You know, a, a fixed monthly housing cost with this option to refinance in the future still makes sense for a lot of couples, especially those who really put a premium on stability and who see home as that long-term investment. I mean, home ownership is still, you know, one of the, the best ways to build wealth over time. I mean, when you own a home, you own this tidy piece of earth. There's only so much of that to go around. And that's why homes tend to go up in value. And right. owning a home, you know, you are building equity. You can then borrow against that equity to pay for your child's college education. You can sell it and then have a really comfortable retirement, or you can pass that along to your children. So, you know, we're talking about building generational wealth. And for a lot of people, that starts with home ownership. Hearing it in that perspective, it's the polar opposite of a wedding. Like a wedding is a one day expense. And we are pro wedding. Like we let's just like put that out there. We have come up with a million reasons why investing in a day to and an event, maybe it's a weekend or whatever it is, to celebrate and like kind of mark this milestone happening is worth the money and to be in community with the people that love you and to celebrate love. We are there. We we see why it's important, but it is hard to think about right up with there is this other choice that you could put almost the same amount of money towards that is a long-term thing, you know, that sets you up for all of those things that you just talked about. I think Arguably, there are emotional parts of having a wedding that set you up for that future that you'll have within the home you hope to buy. <laughs> so that's why, to me, the idea of getting the support from the people that love you and that want to celebrate your love, rather than feeling like you're putting it upon someone, that's like such a beautiful way to think about it. These are the people that helped us get here. Absolutely. Let's reframe it. I really think it needs to be destigmatized. Like anybody who is at all worried about like, oh, what are people going to think about this? That reframe is is so key because you're completely right. Your closest loved ones are going to want to invest in something that is going to actually impact your whole life for the future. Like, I'm sorry, but a, a set of fancy dishes is not going to change your life. But being able to buy your first home and own that property and set yourself up to build wealth over time, that is worth investing in. I would be curious to know, like, if there are any stats out there about, you know, the difference in wedding gift contributions for an item on a gift list versus what people typically would give towards a home fund or like a home down payment. I don't know if that was at all listed in the not survey, but I feel like that would be an interesting stat to compare because... I would be inclined to think that those people who love you and want to support you and invest would maybe even give you more in cash than they would as just like buying something from a list of gifts. 
Yeah, we didn't take a look at, at the exact amount that people were contributing to these home funds, but I do think we should just step back for a moment and say that, you know, when you're creating this down payment option on your registry, it's really important to let go of the idea that your wedding gifts are going to cover the full amount. They're not. It's a really nice oh, yeah. start. Absolutely. But this is not going to be the silver bullet for young couples looking to buy a home. So I think the way to think about this is that, you know, this is one of several strategies that young couples can employ uh, in order to reach home ownership. Absolutely. Unless you're inviting the Kardashians or the Rockefellers <laughs> to your wedding. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, for added context, like with Joy, the one, the, the registry I'm using, their like suggested number is 10,000 as like the goal, which again is not public facing. It's only what you and your partner would see. And so that's not the down payment really anywhere. But that's something, right? So yeah, I, that's a very good thing to say. We shouldn't be under the impression that this is going to be the thing that allows you to buy a home, like have a wedding so you can buy a home. No, <laughs> but it is just another way to be savvy about the choices that you make for your wedding. You mentioned couples are getting creative in other ways for reaching a down payment. Can you talk a little bit about those other ways to do that? Yeah, look, if, if you're working towards a down payment, obviously you got to start saving more or you got to start earning more, right? It's as simple as that. There's a bunch of ways to do that. Uh, and we actually have 21 ideas that are all laid out in a blog post on Zillow's Customer Learning Center. But, you know, while you're selling your used clothes or maybe you're taking on a dog walking <laughs> job, you can't ignore that there's something that's going to make a much bigger impact on your bottom line in the long run. And that's really your credit. So, you know, you really need to be talking to a trusted loan officer very early in the process to understand your complete financial picture, what affordability really looks like to you. Knowing your credit score and what's influencing it is going to make a much bigger difference in how much home you can afford to buy. You know, we're thinking about like the difference between having a lower credit score and a higher credit score. That adds up to hundreds of dollars every single month thousands of dollars every single year, more than $100,000 over the course of your 30-year mortgage. So it's a big deal. And it's also really important to know where you stand when you're entering a marriage, right? Even if you have perfect credit, your future spouse may not, and that could really impact your ability to qualify for a mortgage. Your credit score impacts the type of mortgage you could qualify for and the rate that you qualify for. You probably heard about how high mortgage rates are right now. Well, those rates are even higher for buyers who have lower credit scores. And that ultimately is what leads to that higher monthly payment. So in addition to doing all the things, right, skipping that morning latte habit, you know, you really need to be actively working to improve your credit. And that means being ultra diligent about paying your bills on time, getting out of collections, paying off high interest debt first, like your credit card bills, making sure there's no errors in your credit reports. This process takes time, especially if, you know, maybe you weren't so great with credit in your younger years. Um, guilty as charged on that one. But, you know, you, you do start <laughs> to see some changes to your credit score within two to three months, and that's kind of motivating to keep going. Thank you so much for sharing this. And I, I would lo also love for you to point to other resources that Zillow has for this, because 
yes, like we live in a time where you can have access to education in any topic way more than you ever could. But specifically this type of thing, like your credit and your spending habits and your finances and home buying, we don't learn this. Mm -hmm. You don't learn this in school. And most people learn on the job, so to speak. (laughs) Everything you're saying is so right. If you start worrying about that when you're looking for a home, your year's too late. It's too late. What else would you point people towards to start getting that education that they need about this? Yeah, look, look, I think you really need to to understand how much you can afford. Mortgage interest rates are fluctuating. So start with a mortgage calculator. We've got one on Zillow. Zillow's also got these affordability tools where you can plug in your personal information and get a really good sense of what you can actually afford on a monthly basis. And then you can even filter homes that you're searching for on Zillow by monthly cost as opposed to that big purchase price. And then You know, I would say explore down payment assistance programs. We have them listed on every for sale listing on Zillow. They're hugely beneficial. We know nearly half of all first time home buyers do get some kind of down payment assistance grant. So take advantage of all those resources. And then you wanna finance first. That should be a number one. Before you even start shopping for a home, shop around for a lender. Don't just look at rates and fees, that stuff is important, but you wanna make sure that you've got a partner on your side who's taking the time to help educate you on this process. A great lender is gonna be a valuable resource for you during your journey. And then, you know, once you've found that lender, you wanna get pre-approved, go through the pre-approval process. Don't just get pre-qualified for a mortgage. Pre-approval is gonna give you a much better sense of, you know, what you could actually afford. And it puts you in a stronger position when it does come come time to actually buy that home. Uh, it's a stronger financial check. So it gives you more certainty that you know, you're gonna be able to close on time, which is good for you, also good for, for the seller. You can start the pre-approval process online as well through Zillow Home Loans. And then once you have gathered enough money for that down payment, but you still have to pay those really big monthly payments, those monthly mortgage payments, there's a couple options to think about there too. First, you can request a seller buy-down. That's where the seller is going to cover the difference between today's higher mortgage rates and a lower rate. So, you know, say today you're looking at a 7% mortgage rate. Well, the seller will cover the difference. So effectively, you're paying a 5% mortgage rate for, you know, say one year or two years or whatever it is. Um, and that's a really good strategy if you're looking at a new construction home because builders can often offer those incentives. And then you can also buy points to reduce that monthly payment. Let's say you've got a little extra cash, you can pay up front and you can reduce that monthly payment. And then another idea that that a lot of younger people are doing is getting rental income out of their homes. You know, we know 55% of millennial buyers say it's extremely important that they're able to rent out a portion of their home right away. 59% say it's extremely important that they're able to rent out their home at some point in the future. So this is this idea of house hacking and Zillow Research finds that it's a real thing. And, you know, millennial Gen Z home buyers are making this happen. I'm so glad you mentioned this because this is something that 
I never would have thought of, but I, I mean, I live in that situation. The, the, the people that own the apartment that I live in, it's a house. We're in the top of the house and they own the full home. They're millennials and it's going to help them tremendously. And it's not ever something I would have thought about until I like walked into this situation. And it's such a smart thing for them. And they are actually an example. They were a COVID couple and they ended up canceling their wedding because they were like, I mean, they, they you know, they were right at the beginning and everything just fell apart for their plans. And they were like, you know what, we'll use the money differently. And it's kind of a genius hack mm-hmm. um, if you're able to do it. And yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that as well. We love anything that can help make wedding planning more fun and less stressful. And that's why Greenvelope is a game changer. With over 8,000 five-star reviews, it's clear that so many people agree. Wedding announcements and invitations with Greenvelope are easy on your budget while sacrificing nothing when it comes to style or quality. They have thousands of beautiful designs for everything wedding-related, from engagement announcements to save the dates, formal wedding invitations, thank yous, and beyond. Plus, they have several key features that make communication with your invitees a breeze. Guests can RSVP with the click of a button, so you'll know in an instant who will or won't be attending. And you can even include survey questions to ask guests about meal preferences, accommodations, and more. One thing that I personally think sets Greenvelope apart, and something that really turns the stress way down, is that with every Greenvelope account, you have your very own messaging center. This makes sure that you're able to keep in contact with any of your guests at all times, whether you need to follow up, pivot your plans, or even ask for an extra hand. And while it's true that Weddings with Greenvelope save a lot of paper, the company takes their commitment to a sustainable future a step further, partnering with organizations like National Forest Foundation and being a proud member of 1% for the planet. So if you're planning your big day, there's really no need to wait. Visit Greenvelope today by going to greenvelope.com BSB or by visiting the link in the show notes. I don't want people to be overwhelmed by the thought of, of having to pay for all these things, right? And the thought of being able to afford a home right now does feel pretty daunting. I would say try, try, try again. We know nearly half of all first-time buyers are denied a mortgage at least once before they're ultimately approved. So, you know, you're not alone. If you're denied a mortgage, don't give up. You just kind of got to recalibrate and try again. Our generation really does have to be so resilient in every aspect of life, don't we? Yes. Yes. Try again. Brush yourself off and try again. Brush yourself off and try again. It also really made me think the process of planning your wedding is almost like a mini version of helping you learn how to talk about the types of things you would need to talk about with your partner for home buying. So it feels like another kind of like, you know, benefit of the marriage first, wedding first, and then home buying is that you do have to kind of get into practice of talking about these things with your partner, learning what they know and what they understand versus what you know and you understand. And you do all of that, like for sure, when you're planning a wedding, even down to the traditions and the trends and everything that people think you're supposed to do. Like one partner inevitably turns to the other and says, how do we do this? Or are we supposed to do this? Or like, how do we find a DJ? Or do we need to have a cake? And 
The other partner often doesn't know. And even if it's like a man asking a woman and they expect her to know because they think she's only thought about weddings her whole life, she probably doesn't. (laughs) And so it's kind of like that breeding ground, that starting and it's budgeting and it's figuring out, you know, it's maybe the first time that you're talking to each other about your credit score or how much you have saved or any of that because that's often like the first big thing you're doing together. And so then now that you've done it for your wedding, you're kind of in a much better place for doing this for home buying, which is just another reason I think to look at the down payment cash fund option as a, a stepping stone and like it's it's a it's a tool. It's something that helps you again not the silver bullet but it's something that kind of is like helping you graduate towards this huge goal of home buying absolutely I feel like we've talked about this so many times in terms of like the wedding planning process really is like training for your marriage because it does force you to talk about all those priorities your vision your values your money like all of these things and it's just setting you up for that next phase of life and all the ways you're going to have to navigate those different decisions in the future. Yeah, very much like how young couples will get a dog before they get the baby, right? <laughs> it's, about, uh, it's about, you know, it's a practice run, a practice run, right? You have to budget for your wedding, you have to make a ton of decisions, uh, you have to have open communication with your partner, uh, you need all of those skills when you do go to buy a home. And then another idea that that a lot of younger people are doing is people think, oh, the mortgage rate is going to be the same no matter where I go. And it's not true. The mortgage rates are vastly different depending on the lender that you use. So, you know, it's incredibly important to shop around. From the lender's perspective, how is a lender creating what they would offer you as a loan rate? What What are their factors that go into that from the lender's side? So lenders have access to all different types of mortgage products, but every lender has access to different kinds of products, right? Um, So depending on the lender you go to, they can offer you certain mortgages that say, you know, another lender may not be able to provide or to offer. So that's why it's so important to shop around, to explain your financial situation and to see what might be available to you because what one person's offering may be completely different from what someone else is offering. Yeah. So another thing, you know, when I was prepping for this episode, I just did like a little bit of research into home buying then versus now, if you will. Um, And I found an article on the Zebra that gave me some stats on like the 1960s versus now. And the thing that stuck out to me most that you really have to think about when you look at any of these stats is that around that time, we're talking like 60 years ago, most weddings were still being paid for by the bride's family. We went into this, you know, early on in season one, that literally comes from the tradition of the bride's parents paying the groom's parents a dowry so that they will take on the burden of bringing this woman into their family. And yes, I think we can all agree we have moved away, at least in our culture and our society, we have moved away from that, which is fantastic. But the generation of people getting married, their parents, I think, still do think or were raised to think that like traditionally that's how it works. The bride's parents pay for the wedding. And that makes a huge difference for a couple if that's, you know, going to be happening. And 
the reality is that as hard as it is, you know, people have started paying for their own weddings and as hard it is it, it is for them, it's maybe just as hard for their parents. Maybe they wish that they could pay for a wedding, but maybe they can't. And parents who were home buyers are also dealing with the home buying situation that first-time home buyers are dealing with. They maybe during the pandemic were affected. Maybe they had to downsize. Maybe the mortgage crisis during 2008, like, yeah, they were raising their kids then. Like, they could have been affected then. And so it all trickles down. Yeah, no, I, I think the big question is, you know, how are people able to afford homes today? How are first-time buyers actually making this work? And the secret is that they're not doing it on their own. Uh, a, a recent Zillow report found that 43% of recent home buyers got a gift or got a loan for, from family and friends to finance that down payment. If you're fortunate enough to have family support and family resources, that's really going to help you get over over that line, right? Being able to save enough for that down payment. If you're not fortunate enough to have those resources, and, and you know, not everybody is, right? Uh, there's down payment assistance programs out there. I think people don't realize that there's a lot of free money that they can tap into. You know, we list them all on, on, on the for sale listings on Zillow, and you just have to go and see if you're eligible for those particular programs. You know, we know that nearly half of all first-time home buyers get some kind of grant. It's usually from a bank or from a credit institution. But yeah, those 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 grants can add up to on average about seventeen thousand dollars, which is which is a really big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, no one's giving you a grant to have a wedding, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is money that's available, uh, and you just need to make sure you're looking in the right places to find it. I think that's so encouraging because something like, you know, we, we act, we're experts in the wedding sector, right? So something we always say on planning a wedding is like figuring out ways to tap into your community to help pay for these expenses. Maybe you have somebody who can be the DJ or maybe you have somebody who can make dessert or alter your dress or whatever it is. And that's a way of achieving this thing. And, you know, maybe you even have a, port, a, a vendor being paid for by a family member. That That's something that I think a lot of couples who are planning a wedding are, are very comfortable with. They're so thankful, but they're like, you know what, that makes sense. Like, they can pay for this thing. And that's exactly what a contribution towards your home is. It's like a little portion of it that's just helping you get that much further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gift funds are also incredibly popular, more than 20% of first-time buyers are tapping into family money. If you can't get a gift from family or friends, you know, think about asking for a loan. You know, chances are you're going to get better terms from the bank of mom and dad than you are from a traditional bank right now. So it's it's worth asking. I love that. And another thing that I wanted to ask you, Amanda, is something that we see a lot of in the wedding space is couples maybe going to a different area to have their wedding, maybe almost like a reverse destination wedding where they're going somewhere where it's cheaper to have their wedding, maybe out of state, uh, sometimes even out of the country, who knows? Um, So I'm wondering, like, do you think couples would or could take that same approach and like buy a home in a lower cost of living area? Like what are the most affordable cities around the country for first time home buyers? 
you know, as remote work has become more commonplace, that is a real option for a lot of people, right? Finally, they can afford a home because they don't have to buy in that really pricey metro area where where their jobs once were. Or, you know, maybe they're in a hybrid work situation where they can buy a home an hour outside of town and they only have to commute a few days a week or a couple days a week. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot more options available to people. And there are still places where you can buy a cheap home. But what we look at at Zillow is where homes are more affordable. So where incomes and home prices are more aligned. Uh, and you're, right now you're gonna find a lot more of those cities in the Midwest and also secondary cities of the East Coast. So if you think about you know, the typical time for a first time home buyer to save up for a down payment, it's nearly 12 years nationwide. Well, in Detroit and Cleveland, it takes about half that time. It takes a little more than seven years to save up for a home in Chicago, in Indianapolis, or in Cincinnati. And then if you want to be on the East Coast, you know, it's almost 14 years if you want to save up for a home in the New York metro area. But, you know, look at Hartford or, or Philly or Richmond, Virginia, and, and that's where it takes about eight years to save up for a home. So, no coincidence that these are the markets that are seeing the most growth right now. The most affordable markets are, are seeing uh, the greatest home value growth. These are also the markets did, that didn't see that big pandemic boom and then bust, right? Uh, so it's just been slow and stable growth. And now they're really outperforming the nation in terms in terms of home value appreciation. And that's definitely something to think about. We recognize not everybody can, but that is definitely a good thing and a good parallel with your wedding decisions. Um, you know, before we go, I would love for you to give just like a little bit of advice because, you know, for most of the people listening, they are planning their wedding right now. And so not all, but a lot of them will be potentially thinking about this home buying thing after. Um, but based on everything you've said, starting early is really like the best thing you can do. And so I'm wondering, you know, for somebody planning their wedding right now, what advice would you give for things that they can be doing or learning or thinking about or talking about right now that will set them up for doing this home buying journey after they have their wedding? Yeah, I, I think right off the bat, you want to get your financial ducks in a row. And I think this is going to be helpful for you as you plan your wedding and figure out how much wedding you can afford. And then ultimately, when you're trying to figure out how much home you can afford, right? So that's understanding your credit, working to improve your credit, working with your partner, understanding their credit situation, understanding what their financial goals are, trying to establish sort of a timeline for when we want these things to happen in our lives and planning for it. You know, the second thing is, is understanding affordability and understanding what affordability really means to you. The third thing would be to think about financing first. That should come before anything else, before you fall in love with that dream home on Zillow. I know we all do it, but you really want to get with a lender beforehand to, to really understand what kind of mortgage you can qualify for and therefore what homes you should really be shopping for. Uh, and then, you know, 
it's all about sort of building that team, right? You know, you get the lender, but then you want to hire a great agent because uh, they're going to help you make a lot of these big decisions and find the right home for you. You can get a lot more information at Zillow.com. We've got a great customer learning center, tons of resources, the outlining affordability. We've got all these affordability calculators uh, and mortgage calculators available that are so helpful for a first-time buyer. Thank you so much, oh Amanda. God. This has been so enlightening and helpful and positive. I think that's also like the good thing about it. You know, we we did want to make sure this wasn't a doom and gloom episode. Like, let's be constructive and see how we can do everything. And you gave us so much of that. So thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, brought to you by TheBudgetSavvyBride.com. For more tips, tricks, hacks, inspiration, and support, check out the links in our show notes. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Get more information and check out other shows in the network by visiting evergreenpodcasts.com.